Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. My God, is it better than Mama's home-cooked Italian pizza? And this is Unfeatured Articles. Hello and welcome to Unfeatured Articles, the show about finding the weirdest and most obscure that the internet has to offer. I'm James Keogh and joining me, as always, are my two luxurious co-hosts. We have Curtis Lang. Oh, luxurious. Hello. And uh, Riley McNamara. Hello. Hello. Hi, James. Are you feeling luxurious there, Riley? I am now. Good. I didn't know until now. No, I'm glad. I just you. looked at the two of you and I thought, wow, what a pair of luxurious, luxurious boys, boys. <laughs> at the desk. I did bathe. So. Oh, look at oh, you. For once in your life. Good on you, Riley. Really proud Clappies of you, Riley. Riley. Really proud. Good on you for bathing. Good on you, mate. God, this Happy did not you. take long. Yeah, and we're back. And we're in it. We're in the skin of oh, the... It's been two weeks since our last recording session, and mm. I'm ready to shit on Riley. That's it. I've been waiting. I've been waiting so long. Yeah, and you live with him. And I live with him. Give me this container. Like, I'm gonna... Exactly. My ego has been through the roof until just now. Thank you, boys. You're pulling me back down to earth. <laughs> he didn't do the dishes, and now James Reed to all rip I on I have him. a personal vendetta against you because you didn't do the dishes. Um, did some of them. Uh, That's, it's fair, Some though. isn't look, all. Yeah, We're going to have a dispute here, right here on the yeah, podcast. Okay, good. Let's this do this. Is... <laughs> Welcome back to our domestic podcast. Uh, <laughs> what are we talking this week about these issues? Um, how are you, James? Tell me now. I'm good. I'm a little uh, a little sick. As you, you don't sound it, buddy. You no, don't no, sound it. I sound great. I can tell. You did your vocal warm-ups before I the show. I did my trills. <laughs> yeah. I'm fine. But, uh, Guys, uh, it's fine. Do you want to give us a few of them now? Uh, a few of my trills? Yeah, please. All right. Uh, here we go. Trill. Oh, That's a good. fun one because I just say the word trill. Yeah, good. Yes, and. and yeah. I liked it. It's good. <laughs> what are we doing this week, James? Boys, we're doing what we always do and we're going to Wikipedia and we're finding what's the coolest and the weirdest and the funnest to talk about. I love um, it. You guys have got articles, I assume. Oh, fuck. I also forgot this week. This is an old bit. <laughs> I actually don't think we've done that bit before. We've the, done it on Right into the podcast and tell me if we've done that bit six before. Six episodes. Uh-huh. We've done that bit. Oh. <laughs> Oh, on about He's six keeping of track. About six of them. Nice caveat. Um, Riley, right. do you want to start us off? I can see it on your monitor at the moment. You've got IKEA. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, today we'll be talking about the Freddy workstation from IKEA. It's two ninety nine. It's one hundred eighty five by one hundred forty six. Oh, what a steal! Um, yeah. No, but what article do you have? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? Oh no! I, no, I did think this was going to be the article as well. I thought, oh, we, were really? talk about, I thought we were going to talk about. No, 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 boys! Today we are going to talk about shunga, 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 shunga. Um, so shunga is a, ter- a Japanese term for erotic art. Oh, and uh, basically what this is is the granddaddy of hentai. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. So we're talking about that octopus painting. Talking about that octopus painting. You know the, the fisherman's one. wife? Yeah, that's the one. That octopus painting? That's one of them. The yeah. Curtis knows that one too well, yeah. I would say. Oh, come on. It's the first um, recorded evident of 
Entire. It's a very. It's an, a mid fifteenth century Japanese painting you of scrolled, a octopus having sex with a woman. You scrolled too far back, didn't it's you? It's right here. You went it's all the actually, way to the all the way to the back. Yes, to the start. You yeah. ran out. I went to the big, big old like compendium of hentai that yeah. does exist on the internet. Of course, <laughs> and went back it is year by internet. year until I accidentally went too far mm-hmm. to fifteen hundred. Damn. Yeah, it's actually eighteen fourteen. Oh, oh no! But it did exist in the fifteen hundreds. Oh. You're um, not a hentai expert, Curtis. <laughs> I've got your You've got number. me. You've got me. I'll give in my, <laughs> yeah. my card. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, so anyway. Um, so Shunga is a type of, um, I didn't work out how to pronounce this word, Yukio-A, I think. I don't know. Um, which is usually a woodblock print. That, that's it there. U-K-I-Y-O-E. Um, let's anyway. Say, let's go. Let's make a bold, bold. Bold decisions. Yu-Gi-Oh. Yu-Gi-Oh. Go. Yeah. All right. Good. Which is um, usually woodblock. It's printed woodblocks. Um, and this stuff has been around for quite a while. Um, so hentai has been going on mm. for, a, you know, hentai is not the first time someone's drawn cartoon sex, basically. Yeah. So, um, uh, so it was uh, influenced. The, f- the first, like, recorded influence of it and the first possible demonstration of it yeah. um, was the Heian. Uh, I think that's how I pronounce that. There's going to be a lot of uh, pronunciation errors. I apologize to all. Welcome our li- to, to unfeatured articles. Yes, uh, to all of our listeners in Japan. I apologize. Welcome to unfeatured article. Nice. That was a bit of a highbrow joke. <laughs> yeah, nailed that one. Nailed it. Got it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it's uh, yeah, influence dated back to the uh, Heian period, which is uh, between. 794, uh-huh. not 17, 7, no, 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 seven. 794 I got you. I can count. to 1185. Um, so that was the Heian period. And that's when it was all kind of like done on scrolls. It was like narrative. Mm. Like there was, it was fiction. It was basically, um, what is it? 50, 50 Shades of Grey. It was basically yeah. 50 Shades cool. of Grey. No. Right, so, two, so the period that this uh, happened in the, the, the Heian old period, can you tell me more about that? <laughs> No, honestly, I would like some more information. Like, what was going on in Japan at the time? You did your research, right, Riley? I did my research, not on that particular period of time. Oh, That's not what I'm Riley. doing, because we yeah. can't do two articles. Gina Schwartz did last week. That's cheating. Yeah, she did cheat. Did she win? She won, didn't she? She did. God damn it, cheater. Anyway, so it, um, it was focused on like the courtier class of uh, of the people in Japan. So it was it, mm-hmm. it like all the um all the images and stuff, the woodblocks and the the shungas that they did. Um, was you know pr- typically man and woman of you know average class like everyone was was accessible to everybody that way. Sure, sure. the people's average, porn. Yeah, mm. it was the people's porn. Um, so average if class. I'm watching porn. Like I want to see people exactly like me doing it, mm. chubby and white. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I feel hot today, guys. I feel good. <laughs> Look at I feel like um, the I, memes are flowing hard yeah. and fast for this boy. This I feel great. I feel really good. In fact, I feel so good that I'm gonna take a. Yep. All right. I'm good. Oh, a, good. Yeah, small. Vowel well, that was Curtis, silence. ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Um. So anyway, Shunga was like at its pinnacle in the Edo period, which was um from the sixteen about sixteen oh three to eighteen sixty seven. Nice. Um. And the woodblock printing techniques in of that time were like way way better, obviously, than they were back in. The 1100s. Sure. Um, so, like, the quantity and the quality of these things was just like going mental. There was, Hell yeah. they had them everywhere. everywhere um, the um, Tokugawa shogunate um, in 1661 tried to ban it all. No way. Yeah, they like, no, they were it, they were very they didn't like it. 
I'm back, by the way. How are you yeah. guys? How are you going? Curtis's yeah. return from his uh, from My his <laughs> <laughs> Um So yeah, the Tokugawa yeah. Um, shogunate tried to ban it in 1661. Um, this was the first of a lot of attempts to ban it. Um, in 1722, um, the Kyoho reforms banned any new book. It got to a point where it literally stopped the production of any book until the city commissioner had approved. Had approved it. it. Yeah, Damn. So anything, wow. children's books couldn't be printed unless it had the bloody the man up top being like, yeah, okay. And he had to like read every single one. Every single one. It's got my tick. So yep. they probably just like spammed him with all this porn, just like you have to read it. I yeah. mean, you have to approve it. Like, <laughs> oh man, my job sucks. Yeah. Ugh. My job sucks. New podcast coming from that's not Canon Productions. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> Um, so yeah, there's, um, it like, obviously when, when anyone tries to ban anything, it doesn't go away though. Like there was still heaps of it going on on the ground, stuff like that. Um, so it was real big in Japan. Westerns didn't like it that much. There was an American Mm. called Francis Hall who went to Japan. Um, and, uh, let me, let me get back to this. Um, it went to Yokohama in 1859 and he described it as vile pictures executed in the best style of Japanese art. So it's, you know, a bit of a compliment sandwich. Oh, like, I see. <laughs> they are vulgar and not good, but they're like- It's very pretty. It's very pretty. Oh, great aesthetic. Technically proficient. Yeah. Oh, that's, yeah. Not the first, yeah, yeah. that's not the last time that happened either because after the Second World War, mm. after the Japanese um, military surrendered um, and America came in and like they, they built, rebuilt the government from the ground up, right? Yeah. Um, and they installed like a heavily westernized government. Um. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever watched Japanese pornography, guys. Okay. But this is where we're going. Uh, this is where we're going. Okay. Um, Here we go. But no, we it's quite, it's quite, fa- it's quite yeah. famously I mean, so. Like on the internet, it's in memes and that kind of thing. Yep, the genitalia yep. is all like fuzzed out. Oh, pixeled out. Yeah, it's pixeled yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. is directly because Americans were like, no. <laughs> you can't. So all your, like the, the heavily westernized government, um, I can't remember specifically what, but like for some reason, when they started producing like adult centered, um, hentai and more like live action adult films. Sure, yeah. Um, they were like, yeah, no, you got to pixelate everything. Wow. Even though we don't do it in America, you guys have to pixelate everything. I just thought Japanese people had very, very rigid dicks. Ver- <laughs> just like very pixely dicks. How's it feel to be the most disgusting <laughs> one on the podcast now? Because <laughs> it's you now. It's not me anymore. <laughs> just thought they were all rigid blocky. dicks. Just blocky dicks. Blocky dicks. Blocky anyway, dicks. back to my article. <laughs> um... <laughs> Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> um, so, like sh- Shunga, so um, it was enjoyed by both men and women of yeah, all classes. Of course, like, there's documentation of you know both men and women buying sure, it sure. Of, of every and any class. Um, it was <laughs> there was a lot of superstition around it, like um, or that it's um, like positive superstition around. It. Like for example, um, it was a, a considered a lucky charm for samurai to carry it. Like if a cool. samurai had a shunga on him, it oh, was yeah. like, you know, it was lucky charm. If My it was in lucky a, if it was Exactly, yeah. If it was in a warehouse or something like that or, or a house, it would reduce the risk of fire, reduce the risk of burning them down. And what that sounds like to me is that someone has been caught with porn and is like, no, 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 no. No, it's good luck. It's good, good luck. luck. Yeah, fine. Well, don't you yeah, have totally. one? Fuck, dude, get some. You're going to die. <laughs> I like to think that that happened with like literally everything like luck based. You know how like a rabbit's foot? Yeah. Imagine someone just get caught with a rabbit's foot. Like- <laughs> What have you done? No, 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 it's fine. It's, it's good luck. Uh, I didn't kill a rabbit. 
What was, are you talking about? That was peaches. <laughs> it was peaches. Oh, peaches. Yeah, you're serving me luck in the afterlife now. Um, <laughs> I like the energy this week, guys. It feels <laughs> good. You. It's oh. most, it feels mostly you. Oh, um, right. <laughs> Mr. Blocky Dick over here. Jesus Christ. That's me. Um, so, yeah, there were, there were like a lot, a lot of people um, who had had it, and it was. Um, they they identified that it was all kind of people who would spend a lot of time away from their homes and away from their loved ones. So people eventually started cotton on it. Maybe it's not superstitious. Maybe they just need some company. Marathon yeah. aids. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Um, so that was, yeah. <laughs> uh, they were also used as like, um, there's a bit of a thing about that, about this these days as well. Um Shunga may have served as sexual guidance for sons and daughters of wealthy families. Oh, cool. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, which um, would be difficult because there's not like they're pictures. They don't come with instructions or anything like that. Uh-huh. Um, nothing about hygiene. Nothing about you know right. like anything good in there. Just a picture. Like it's yeah. Um, uh, so all the characters in them, like as I was mentioning before, are kind of like ordinary people. But then they've got like the courtesans, which are um, like you know, high class escorts, like like the aspiration, right? Um, like because they were wealthy, they were um, like didn't have to work too hard for anything, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of the characters in them were just like ordinary class citizens, and um, yeah, the courtesans. Wow. Um, most shunga, like almost all of it, uh, people are clothed. Like oh, there's, okay. there's very little nudity because of like Japanese public baths. So oh, everyone okay. was used to like seeing, sure, everyone was used to seeing people nude. So yeah. it's like, oh well, that's like not that different. I could go down to the bath if I wanted to watch that. Right. Like, um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and uh, so one of the one of the biggest things with the shunga and indeed some hentai uh, to this day is that it's always very like non-realistic. Yeah. Like really, really exaggerated genitals. Nah. Octopuses. Fuck, don't they? Surely. Probably not people. Yeah, they probably just fuck other octopi. Nah, everything I've learned is now wrong. Okay. Okay. Sorry, dude. The internet's lied to me for the last time. Watch some David Attenborough. Learn (laughs) yourself a lesson. Um, Now here we see the octopus fucking a man on a beach. Not. It's beautiful and contained. Don't do this to to David. (laughs) David, Don't do this to Sir David. David. I bet David Um, would do it. David, I bet he'd do it. He likes a good joke. He likes a good name. So yeah, some of the explanations for the ridiculous like um, visibility and mm. um, the sexually explicit content um, is that the genitalia is interpreted as the second face. Like in um, Japanese, um, uh, it's called their giri, um, which is like roughly translates to like duty, obligation, stuff like that. To mm. like, um, basically like like the equivalent of stiff upper lip, like put on a brave face, go about your day. Like okay, like it's oh. that kind of thing. So the in in the shunga, it was interpreted as a second face. So it would show what they were really feeling, essentially. Um, like expressing the primal passions that the everyday face is obligated by Giri to conceal and is therefore the same size as the head oh. and placed unnaturally close to it by the awkward position depicted. Is it not supposed to be as big as my head? Is that not... Are we not... Does that... <sighs> sounds fun. Curtis, I think it's your turn now. Okay, good. <laughs> it's actually your turn now. <laughs> On that... Delightful note. Thanks, James. Oh, again. Uh, gents, uh, moving swiftly away from hentai and shunga, I'm going to talk about uh, a, a bloke called Michael Fagan and specifically the Michael Fagan incident. Um, Michael Fagan is a British man who famously broke into Buckingham Palace 
and entered Queen Elizabeth II's bedroom in 1982. Whoa. The incident was one of the 20th century's worst royal security breaches. So yeah, this was a dude who who was like, I'm going to just get a, go ahead and I'm going to take a sojourn into the Buckingham Palace and I'm going to just wander around for a little bit. That's awesome. G'day, your majesty. He Why? broke in, apparently, mm. twice. Only one of them is like confirmed. Absolutely confirmed because yeah. they caught him. Um, however, he he confessed to breaking in a time before that, but he got out. Right. So- Let's talk about the early life of Michael Fagan. Let's uh, get into the bit of the uh, psychological his backstory. Yeah, his backstory. Yeah. Michael his Fagan gritty, origins. His origins. gritty DC yeah. backstory. Yeah. Uh, Fagan was born in Clerkenwell, London, on the 8th of August, 1948, uh, four years before Queen Elizabeth ascended to the throne. Uh, the son of Ivy and Michael Fagan Sr., who was a steel erector and a champion safe breaker. Oh, cool. That so is cool. It's Crime in his blood. runs in the family. Yeah. In his blood. He had two younger sisters, Margaret and Elizabeth. In 1955, he attended Compton Street School in Clerkenwell. Uh, in 1966, he left home at 18 to escape from his father, who, Fagan says, was violent and started working as a painter and decorator. Well, good on you. Getting out of a, ba- a bad situation, Michael. Mm. We Take condone that, that. We don't condone breaking into Buckingham Palace. Yep. Official position of the podcast. Yep. Yep. <laughs> in 1972, he married Christine, with whom he had four children. So there's just a bit of backstory about Michael Fay and um, what a life. Yeah, yeah. yeah what a life. You know, he's, he's led a life. The, so the far. regular every you're every you're every man. Let's get into that incident. First entry. Ooh. Oh no. According to his own account, the 9th July 1982 incident was Michael Fagan's second attempted intrusion to the palace. So he had attempted once and failed. Sure. This is his second, but the first time he got in. The first happening about a month before. Fagan says he shimmied up the drain pipe, startling a housemaid who called security. When guards reached the scene, Fagan had disappeared, leading them to believe the housemaiden was mistaken. Oh. Fagan claims he entered the palace through an unlocked window on the roof and spent the next half hour eating cheddar cheese and crackers and wandering around. He tipped several alarms, but they were faulty. Fucking palace. Jesus. <laughs> Come on. He claims to have viewed royal portraits and rested for a while on the throne. Oh. <gasps> No way. He also speaks of entering the post room where Diana, Princess of Wales, had hidden presents for her son, William, who, was, who had only been born the previous month. Fagan said he drank half a bottle of white wine before becoming tired and leaving. All right. He just had some crackers, some all wine, this, had this. a sit down on the throne of England, and then pissed off. That's amazing. All this burglary he's making was not even burglary. It's just breaking and entering. It's just, and you know. for nothing. It's great. If only iPhones were around. <laughs> um, I misspoke before. So the 9th of July, 1982 incident was the second attempt, okay. which was the one where he got caught. That one that I've just described was the first, first time. Attempt. So he didn't, he didn't try and get in and fail. That was just the first time and he fallen and just got in. Yeah. This is the second attempt, the big one. Cool. So, so hang, hang, before we go there, Buckingham Palace just has plates of cheddar cheese and crackers lying around. Yeah, everywhere. apparently. Wouldn't you? Yeah. If you were royalty? Cheese and wine don't aren't famous for going bad. They could just sit around for a just while. Just going to have them around. Yeah, I, guess, I guess, yeah. I would have a room dedicated to cheese. I'd have a che- room made out of cheese. It's true. I'd just eat my way out. How the other side lives. Oh, oh, power mad. Yeah. Second entry. <laughs> At the time of the second incident, 9th of July, 1982, Michael Fagan was 33 years old and an unemployed decorator whose wife had just left him. That's rough, buddy. Mm. Still don't break into Buckingham Palace, though. <laughs> At around 7 a.m. on that day, Fagan scaled Buckingham Palace's 14-foot-high perimeter wall, topped with revolving spikes and barbed wire, and shimmied up a drain pipe before wandering into the Queen's bedroom at about 7.15 a.m. 
An alarm sensor had detected his prior movements inside the palace, but police thought the alarm was faulty and silenced it. Okay. Fagan wandered the palace corridors for several minutes before reaching the section where the royal apartments were located. In the anteroom, Fagan broke a glass ashtray, cutting his hand open. Oh, damn. He was still carrying a fragment of the glass when he entered the queen's bedroom. The queen awoke. By the way, she's still in bed. Yeah, hold on. This sounds like he's about to kill her. Yeah, he's walked into her room with a glass shard while she's asleep. The queen woke when he disturbed a curtain, and initial reports said Fagan sat on the edge of her bed. But in a 2012 interview, he said she left the room immediately to seek security. She had phoned the palace switchboard twice for police, but none had arrived. Fagan then asked for some cigarettes, which were brought by a maid who had been cleaning up a neighbouring room. What? The duty footman, Paul Wybrew, who had been walking the Queen's dogs, then appeared, followed by two policemen on palace duty who removed Fagan. The incident had happened as the alarmed as the armed police officer outside the royal bedroom came off duty before his replacement arrived. So it was very lucky. One dude had pissed off and the other dude was on his way. Yeah. A subsequent police report was critical of the competence of officers on duty, as well as a system of confused and divided command. So no one had who, any idea who to contact. Yeah, because who would? Why, when would this ever happen? The before? Yeah. like, and like, fair enough. Like the officers are lazy. Like, it's like no. I'm, I'm in Buckingham Palace. I, oh mate, it's five minutes late. I'm, yeah. I'm just gonna yeah. go. No one's gonna know, sneak in. I don't know if you here. guys have seen this, but like, there is a bunch of like articles going around on Facebook at the moment about like the detailed like specific plan that United Kingdom government, royal palace, and media have for when the queen dies. Really? Like, it's like minute to minute, this is what's going to occur. Wow. And the me- like, they practice it. The media practice it. And they refer to her as Miss- Mrs. Robinson. Like, okay. like from- like a code um, name. Yeah, by yeah. a code name. They're like, unf- this just in from the royal palace, Mrs. Robinson has just passed away by, and they make up like something. They practice yeah. it. They've got that detailed plan. Right. But for some dude breaking into the palace, they're like, nah, I don't know what to <laughs> what do. We do? What, <laughs> do we do? what do we do? What do we do? Nah. It's- <laughs> um, let's talk about his arrest. Oh, please. Because uh, this guy needs a just dessert. Uh, since it was then a civil wrong rather than a criminal offence, Fagan was not charged for trespassing in the Queen's bedroom. <laughs> he was charged with theft of the wine, but the charges Fair. were dropped when he, committed, when he was committed for psychiatric evaluation. In late July, Fagan's mother said, he thinks so much of the Queen. I can imagine him just wanting to simply talk and say hello and discuss his problems. She's not your psychologist, mate. Yeah, right. Jesus. He spent the next six also, months. So does everybody else. Yeah, I right. got to talk to Liz Who about my have problems. A chat on the to the Queen. Like, yeah, Christ, yeah. she's lived a life. You watch the Crown; it's very good. <laughs> Cinematography is phenomenal. It's phenomenal. My this episode God. brought to you by the Crown. Yeah, <laughs> if only. <laughs> yeah, Am I right. Jeez. Um, and discuss his. Yeah, he wanted to discuss his problems with the Queen. He spent the next six months in a psychiatric hospital before being released on the twenty first of January, nineteen eighty three. It was not until 2007 when Buckingham Palace became a designated site for the purposes of Section 128 of the Serious Organised Crime and Police Act 2005 that his offence became criminal. But that was about 20 years later. Oh, true. Yeah, right. Later life. Two years after entering Buckingham Palace, Fagan attacked a policeman at a cafe in Fishguard, Wales, and was given a three-month suspended jail sentence. He was found guilty of indecent exposure in 1987 as he was spotted running around wearing no trousers on waste ground in Chingford, London. In 1997, he was imprisoned for four years after he, his wife, and their 20-year-old son were recharged with conspiracy to supply heroin. Ooh. Sharp turn. Yeah. yeah. So the, wow. all of this, the first part of this article just sounds like some... 
confused dude just wanting to have a chat with the right. queen. A like, larrikin. He, a larrikin. Just, well, he's had a bit of a rough turn. Yeah. Like he's just, and he's just like, I'm going to go yeah, chat mm. to the queen. But now that bit, he's just like, now I do. Now, 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 now he's a criminal. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. He's just actually a criminal now. In 1983, Michael Fagan recorded a cover version of the Sex Pistols song, God Save the Queen. With that British was the year after he broke. It was 82 he, he went to Buckingham Palace? Yes. Yeah, so the year, ah. the year after. He's yeah, because like, it wasn't a crime. <laughs> yeah. God save uh, the He Queen. recorded that with British punk band, the Bollocks Brothers. Good. <laughs> he made an appearance in Channel 4's The Antiques Roadshow. <laughs> God damn. No, The Antiques Roadshow. Ah. Uh, a pun. A pun. Very good. An hour-long 20, uh, 2011 TV documentary directed by the British street artist Banksy, charting the history of people behaving oddly in public. Um, the Palace Intrusion was adapted in 2012 for an episode of Sky Arts Playhouse Presents Walking the Dogs, a one-off British comedy drama starring Emma Thompson as the monarch. Ah. <laughs> so there you go, boys. Check that out. The Michael Fagan incident. The Michael Fagan What incident. a man. What a dude. Yeah. Needs to chill. A little bit. Dude needs to chill. Yeah. yeah. Zero Man. to 100 real quick. Yeah. Oh, my word. How'd you break in a bucket? He climbed a fence that had revolving spikes on it. Yeah. That alone right. is quite impressive. And he like shimmied off a, up a thing? Up, up a, like a, a drain pipe. Yeah. yeah. I could barely get in your door with a key. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's insane. Props to him. Yeah. Good Can on I you, talk about no. my one? Please. What do you got for us, Jimmy Key? I have the curse of Tippecanoe. Oh. Sorry? Tippecanoe? Tippecanoe. Where's Tippecanoe? that? Tippecanoe is, uh, well, let's talk about the curse. Let's talk about the curse, curse and then yeah. we'll get to where. <laughs> talk about the curse, we'll get into Tippecanoe. So the curse of Tippecanoe, also known as uh, Tecumseh's curse, is used to describe the regular death in office of presidents of the United States, elected or re-elected in years, evenly divis- divisible by 20. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Yep. Say that all to me again. Yep, yep, yep. So if you're a president, right, just yep. elected, president of the U.S., if you were elected or re-elected in a year that is evenly divisible by 20, uh-huh. I'm sorry, you're probably going to die. You're going to die. You're probably going to die. Okay. Yeah. All righty. So here's how it started. So. And that's the curse. That's the curse. That's the curse. When did Trump get elected? <laughs> um, when did Trump get elected? Let's talk about that really quickly. 2016. Divisible by 20? Uh, Not evenly. No. Uh, shit. Sorry. Bollocks. Bollocks. So, the curse... Yep. Um, was first noted in Ripley's Believe It or Not Ooh. back in 31. Uh-huh. Uh, began with the death of William Henry Harrison. Yep. So it's the Battle of Tippecanoe. It's 1811. Uh, William Harrison, he's the governor of the Indiana Territory. Uh, he's using questionable tactics in the negotiation of the 1809 Treaty of Fort Wayne with Native Americans, in which they ceded large tracts of land to the U.S. government. Mm. The treaty further angered the Shawnee leader Tecumseh and brought government soldiers and Native Americans to the brink of war in a period known as Tecumseh's War. Oof. Tecumseh and his brother organized a group of Indian tribes designed to resist the westward expansion of the United States. Good on them. In 1811, Tecumseh's forces, led by his brother, attacked Harrison's army in the Battle of Tippecanoe, earning Harrison fame and the nickname Old Tippecanoe. Harrison re- strengthened his reputation even more by defeating the British at the Battle of the Thames during 1812. In an mm. account of the aftermath of the battle, though, Tecumseh's brother, uh, Tenskwatana, nope, it's a, uh, a Native American name, uh-huh. uh, known as the Prophet, he supposedly set a curse against Harrison and future presidents elected during years with the same end number as Harrison. This 
is the basis of the curse. Oh. So it was uh, picked up in 31 by Ripley's Believe It or Not uh, because by that point, I think like one, two, three, four, five presidents had fallen to this supposed curse. Uh Uh-huh. So basically, let's, let's run through it. Let's do it. So we got William Henry Harrison. Yep. He died of typhoid uh, during his presidency, during Rough. his run. How old was Lincoln, he? Lincoln. Uh, he, uh, he died in 41, was elected in 40. I don't know how old he was. Uh-huh. He was one year into his presidency. Yeah. Yep. Lincoln, assassinated uh-huh. during his presidency. Garfield, assassinated. Yep. McKinley, assassinated. Harding, heart attack or stroke. Roosevelt, cerebral hemorrhage. Kennedy, assassinated. Yep. Now- this is where it gets interesting because there are two exceptions and it's the two latest ones and it's Reagan and Bush. Reagan had an assassination attempt. He did. But he lived. Yeah. Because of some dude jumped in front of the bullet and spent like the rest of his life. I think so, yeah. Like with some, um, like he couldn't move uh, parts of his body, I think. It was pretty, it's pretty intense. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Bush, who was the one after Reagan, who was yes. supposedly supposed to be in the curse, had an assassination attempt. Uh, almost died by choking on a pretzel. Yes. Um, First Bush or second Bush? Second Bush. Okay. This is Junior. W. W. Uh, he also had that famous shoe attack. Uh, where? <laughs> oh, yeah. That one nearly killed him. Does that mean the next president is up for this curse? Possibly. Although maybe, like, we've had the last two, you know, yeah. not die. So maybe the curse is broken. We are uh, going into these exceptions. Well, uh, everyone's going to die. Oh, that's true. They will yeah. die eventually. I mean, You're right. Oh, no, I've got the curse. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Not again. The election- re- elected Riley King of Beers. Oh, no, no we've done we, it. We, now we've really done it. <laughs> the election of Ronald Reagan in 1980 was not followed by his death in office, despite being seriously wounded in an assassination attempt within months of his 1981 inauguration. Days after Reagan survived the shooting, um, he... Oh, yeah, that's boring. But... <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Reagan. <laughs> Reaganomics bullshit, trickle down economy. Let's stop talking about Reagan. Let's talk about <laughs> sure. First Lady Nancy Reagan. Let's go. Hell yeah. yeah. What a hottie, am I right, guys? Oh, no. Alrighty. So she was reported to have hired psychics and astrologers to try and protect her husband from the effects of the curse. Wow. So in the White House, she's just getting in a bunch of like psychics and. and nah, dude, Jupiter's in Taurus. You got no chance. Right, exactly. <laughs> It's not going to happen. Oh, dear. Um, President George W. Bush yep. survived two times in office. He fainted from, from choking on that pretzel, uh, but did not die, and uh, had an assassination attempt in which a live grenade was thrown at Bush, uh, but it failed to explode. So, Man, really? Geez. Maybe they're reverse cursed now. Maybe it's maybe, like, because they've both been tried to be assassinated. They're fine. No maybe, they, maybe they can't die. Maybe they can't die. Mm. Maybe George W. Bush is immortal. Is Reagan still alive? Reagan is not, Reagan's still, not still alive. alive. Okay, he yeah. Well, there's... He damn. did pass away, yeah. But he passed away of, like, old age and Alzheimer's, I'm pretty sure. He did, yeah. yeah. Classic. Well, it was a fun theory while it lasted. It was. Um, I, for one, don't hope... I was going to say, I hope the next president... No. I was just, <laughs> hope the curse comes back. I don't hope the curse comes back. Only if it's Trump. Only if it's Trump again. We are notoriously centrist here at Unfeatured Articles. Oh, yeah. Anyway. (laughs) Zane looks a little uncomfortable. Such is the curse. Such is the curse. Of Tippecanoe. Yep. Well, there we go. Man. Bold. Bold. Big. Big. Big claims by the curse of Tippecanoe. Well, it, like, happened. There were, let's count them. One, two, three. Five, wasn't it? Four, five, six, seven presidents. Yeah. 
So five by the time it was first noticed. Yeah. And then two more after that. Were the two more Reagan and Bush though? No, no, no. The two more were Roosevelt and Kennedy. And Kennedy. Oh, wow, wow, wow. And then after that, there were two who had not. So five out of seven. Uh, That's interesting though. No, no, seven out of nine. Is that all the American presidents that were assassinated? Are they all on that list? Uh, No, there were a couple. uh, So it says... Um, what could also be considered an exception is a president dying in office that did not fit the 20 year pattern. Uh, there have been eight presidents who died in office. Seven of these eight fit the 20 year pattern. The exception was Zachary Taylor. Uh, 1850 was his second year as president. He died that year. Was he assassinated though? Uh, let's find out. Zachary Taylor was I don't the 12th president. Uh, not all of them were assassinated though. Like yeah, I know, died. but that's really interesting that all seven presidents, that were, all presidents that were assassinated were elected in years divisible True. by 20. That's pretty crazy. Um, died. There's a curse within a curse. Yeah, there you go. That's interesting. Death. Zane's doing math. I can see it in his head. <laughs> <laughs> On July 4th, 19, 1850, Taylor reportedly consumed copious amounts of raw fruit and iced milk while attending holiday celebrations during a fundraised event. Uh, over the course of several days, he became severely ill. So he just ate a bunch of fruit. Oh, he had a sore tummy. <laughs> a sore tummy for the <laughs> Oh, dear. Oh. That man was a president. Not my president. <laughs> Hashtag no. not my president. I guess. No, he wasn't. I know that. Yeah, he wasn't. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Too soon? Good no. Lord. All righty. Well, boys, there's all three of our articles this week. So let's yep. recap because we need to vote on a winner. Mm-hmm. Riley had the... Chunga. I had the Michael Fagan incident. Yep. And my man, Jimmy Key over the here had... The curse of the Tippecanoe. Yeah. Um, I'm going for the curse of Tippecanoe, okay. boys. Yeah. How about you, Ross? Yeah. I like, uh, I like Tippecanoe. Yeah. That's how about nice. you, Jimmy? I liked the Fagan. I liked the guy who... Rock and roll. Yeah. Well... There you go. I'll accept a close second this week. Very but, good. Um, I brought in 800-year-old hentai, and that wasn't even worthy of a mention. No. I guess not. I'll look I didn't at do it. The dishes, Fine. Right? I'll look at the porn. All right, Riley. We'll go back I'll to my house after this, porn. and we'll all look I'm at it together. I'm going to go home and look at all the porn, the Riley. The porn, Riley. Thanks. How dare you not look oh. at the porn? I'm not coming back for the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> Love you. <laughs> anyway... That has been our show. Uh, thank you so much for listening. You Good can- energy this week. <laughs> you keep saying that. Weird episode, but I love it. Don't have to keep mentioning it. I just we want the people to know that we liked, we like doing it. I'm here. My pants are off. I know what the energy is in the room. Oh, God. Anyway, thank you for listening. And uh, you can find us on iTunes and Stitcher and Google Play, wherever oh, you find your podcast. Absolutely. Uh, tell all your friends about us if you enjoy Please. the show. Uh, definitely spread the word if you can. That'd be very nice. We've got some social media that you can spread the word about. We've oh, got our Facebook, www.facebook.com forward slash unfeatured articles. Mm-hmm. we got a Twitter. Don't we, Jimmy? Unfeatured pod. Instagram. Uh, unfeatured articles. Yeah, just type that in, baby, and you'll At find unfeatured it. Unfeatured articles. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we always post, uh, keep up to date when episodes are out, when I remember to post. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> some idiot put me in charge of the social media. But that's fine. I'm going to do better. I promise you that, people of the podcast. I promise you that. There you go. But anyway, that's all from me, that's James. <laughs> um, our theme song is uh, Pukatori and Friends by Kevin McLeod. Thank you so much to That's Not Cat Productions for having us. And uh, as always, browse responsibly. <laughs>
I've got it. What we need to do is tell every citizen to leave their homes naked and just tell them to have sex with toasters in the street. The aliens will be so confused, they'll just sod off. If you'd like to see the alternate takes on political issues ranging from big to small, subscribe to a New World Order podcast at www.thatsnotkindofproductions.com forward slash a new world order. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.